Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Sunday morning service with a very special guest, Pastor Michael Hernandez of Reclaimed Church, Hutto. Now, his message is called Stop Troubling Me, Look at My Marks. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. How's everybody doing this morning? You doing all right? You doing good? Yes, uh, we are family here. Every time I, every time I, I come around, you know, when you have your kids out of the house and they come to your house, they go through the cupboards and they start looking through things and like, do you still need this? And so whenever I come to Paramount, I'm like, hey, you still need that microphone? Are you sure? You don't want to ship that out? You got a lot of TVs. You could, you could send one or two, right? I mean, it's not going to make a big difference, um, but this is family. And I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a privilege to do what we do. And yeah, we're out there in the city of Hutto. We're right outside of Austin. And um, we launched our church. We're actually celebrating two years this coming Sunday. It's gonna be our two-year celebration. And we've experienced the glory of God in ways that I could not even have imagined. Over the last maybe three to six months, God has been meeting us in our church. And... And the reason he's doing that, and it's very similar to what's happening here, is because our agenda is secondary to what God wants to do. Um, we believe in planning center. We have it. it it's, it's, we're faithful to it. But planning center is not our idol. It's not our God. It doesn't run our service. Um, we, we plan, but we, we are, our plans are always secondary to what God does. And this, this mindset or this, I, this way that we run our church is not just the way that we run our church, but it's the way that we run our lives. And it's the way that we teach um, our church members to, to run their lives, that your plans must be secondary to what, to what God's will is for your life. And you will always be um, itching and unsatisfied when you try to make things happen on your own. But when you walk in the will and the plan of God, there is so much fulfillment and satisfaction that comes into your life that you probably didn't even expect or didn't know was possible. But God is that good, amen? So I went to play basketball yesterday with some of the guys from the church and I'm still, I'm still young, all right? I'm 30 years old. I remember when I, was, when I was like 15, I was like, dang, when I'm 20, I'm gonna be old, 21. And then when I hit 21, I was like, man, I'm still young. When I'm 30, I'm gonna be old. Now I'm 30 and my mind says I'm young, but then I play basketball for these guys, with these guys and my body is hurting. I, I went I went home, I went back to uh, some of our family's house and I just went to bed. I was like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. I had a headache. I was like, I don't, you know, I, we were undefeated though. We did not lose a game. And so that was good. Um, but I went home and I was just so tired. My body was hurting. <sighs> my, and then my, you know, my wife was asking me for help packing. I'm like, babe, I'll do it later. Please just, just let me rest. Let me rest. And I, and, and I rested. And the reason I'm sharing this is because in that moment I was, I did something and the results of that were evident within my life. It hurt. <laughs> I'm still, that's why like, I'm not really moving a lot right now. Um, because I, I was, I was, my body was marked by a moment. And there was evidence to that moment. I did a series called uh, Marked out of, out of our, in our church back in Texas. And, and I talked about how a moment with God will mark your life. It will mark you. And as we are, as I, I would call us the marked ones, people could look at your life and they'll say, there's something different about that person. 
They may not be able to pinpoint it. It may not be always so obvious, although I believe that it should. But people will look at your life and they'll say, there's something different about that person because a moment with God will mark you. See, see, moments mark us, but when you're marked by God, it's more than a moment. It changes everything. Amen. Come on, you got to talk to me this morning, all right? It changes everything. And if, if you're walking with God and you're not changed, I would, I would almost say you're probably just going to church and not really walking with God. Because when you walk with God, it begins to change every little thing about you. And people can look at you and say, man, they don't talk like they used to talk. They don't go where they used to go. They don't get as angry as they used to get. They have a little bit more patience. There's something different about them. They've been marked. And I believe if we're ever going to see any change in the world, especially in our world, we need Christians to stop just being churchgoers and start being marked ones. People that are actually marked by the presence and the Holy Spirit. People that are marked by the glory of God. That when you walk into a room, the atmosphere changes. That when you walk into family family parties, people start hiding things that they know that they're not really right. They stop talking because you're marked by God. And so you carry the Spirit of God. The fullness of the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So when I go somewhere, I don't go by myself. When I go on an outreach, I'm not going by myself. When I walk into church, I'm not going by myself because I've been marked. So the title of my message today is Stop Troubling Me. Look at my marks. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 through 17, it's Paul's writing and he says, See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh... These would compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the, for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Don't let it stop bothering me about this. Because what was happening in Galatia is there was false teachers beginning to infiltrate the church. And what they would do is they, was, they, would, it says they would zealously court the individuals in the church and they would begin to pull them away and they would begin to teach them a false gospel. And the gospel they begin to teach them was a gospel that you're saved by works and that you must follow the Jewish law and you must be circumcised in order to be saved. But Paul had already established this church and he had, he had, already, he had already taught them that no, you're saved by faith in Christ alone. And these, these false teachers were infiltrating the church and they were, they were pulling, they were isolating individuals. If, if you ever are isolated by somebody in the church and they start saying, well, Pastor Omar says this, but you know, maybe you should start believing that that's probably a, an unsafe individual. But they begin to isolate people and they begin to zealously court them to teach them a false gospel. And as they were doing that, 
they begin to try to attempt to minimize Paul's authority. Saying, basically saying, what he's teaching you is not right. Follow what we're teaching. And so what Paul is doing in this scripture is he's, he's reasserting himself into this, into this moment and, be, and in, this, in the book of Galatians and he's teaching them about salvation. And I like the way he puts it at the end because he's like, look, all, basically all these things that I've taught you are true, but stop troubling me because the evidence of my salvation and my faith is in the markings on my body. So stop troubling me. Look at my marks. Because my life, is actually, it actually looks like I believe in what I say I believe, where you, all you have is your works and there's no evidence in your life. So he says, stop questioning me. Look at my marks. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help me to get this message across clear, concise, and precise, Lord. Lord, let every word that I say, let the foundation be your word and let the guidance be by your Holy Spirit, God. Let nothing I say be out of my own opinion or my emotion, God, but let everything that I say be be from your will, your word, your heart, God. I don't, I don't want to be, Lord, no glory to any man in this room, God. Jesus, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, for you are good all the time, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Name, everybody said amen. amen. Thank you, Daisy. If, if we, I might just go to altar call if we keep the piano on. <laughs> Let your marks do the talking. Now, listen, I'm not saying don't preach because there's you ever, you ever heard the phrase, um, how does it go? Uh, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I don't know where they found that in scripture, but um. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, hey, like, just, just, just be a good person and, and, and let, let your evidence through the talking never preach the gospel. No, we're in a season and a time of life where we have to speak up. We have to speak up. We have to share the gospel. We have to share what God has done in our lives. We have to share our testimony. People need to hear that. People need to hear something good from God. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the scriptures. But there should be something on your life that even if you're not saying words, that people could look at you and see something different about you. And again, not just that you go to church, or not that you're just, you know, I'm in ministry now, or I'm connected here now. That's not, that, that's, that's the beginning of it. That's nowhere near the end. Because we should be carrying the Spirit wherever we go. I, I, I heard this, this, this phrase, or this, this, I guess it's kind of a quote or an idea or a thought. You know, we're seeing, we want to see revival. We want to see revival. And, and this is the thing is that Christians, when we think of revival, we think of healing and miracle and salvation. But can I say this? That's not revival. That should be common in Christianity. Revival is not that we would finally do what God has called us to do. Amen? <laughs> That's not Revival. We've, we've watered down our Christianity so much that we think normal Christianity is revival. But it's not. Re revival is when, we, we, when regions start to change, when cities start to shift. That's, that's revival. But we're called to live a Christian life where, where what we call revival is our everyday life. Not just going to church. In 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you, 
as sojourners and pilgrims, but saints from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of salvation. We should live a life that is unquestionable. I am. I'm with it. Let's do it. We should live a life that is unquestionable. That when people see you, they know they can't even speak evil against you because they know. They know that there's, there's something different. It should be obvious who we believe in. It should be obvious at your job that you're a Christian. It should be obvious amongst your family that you're a Christian. It should be obvious on your social media account that you're a Christian and not just a complainer. Oh, I don't, should I not say that? But you, know, you get what I'm saying, right? That we're, we're Christians and not politicians. Oh man, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get into that. It should be obvious who we follow. Imagine this. Imagine now my wife will be here in the second service. Like Pastor Mar said, we have three kids right now and getting them up early for church. If we don't have to be here for verse, we're not going to be here. Um, but we used to be here at 7.30 in the morning every Sunday for sound check. So um, I paid my dues. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but but um, imagine if, if everywhere I went, nobody knew I was married. How offensive would that be to my wife? That when she finally shows up to an event, they're like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know you were married. Wow. It's like when, when, when you're like, hey, man, you want to go with me to church? They're like, what? You go to church? I, I didn't even know. Right? It's, it should be so obvious. But you, you know why it's not really obvious sometimes? It's because we're afraid. We're ashamed. We're insecure of what people will think about Jesus. Because the world is, the, I mean, whenever I have my doubts about, if I ever have doubts in my faith, I just look at how the world treats Christianity. And every other religion is okay except for Christianity. And so that's why we'll say, oh, I love God, because God can be a general word, but we'll never say, I love Jesus, and I follow Jesus. Because the world is so against it, and so it's like, sometimes it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to step on any toes, I don't want to cause division, and, and, and we start saying these things that may, they may be out of good intentions, but this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, it says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both the, the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Very encouraging. And then he says this. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who's in heaven. Now, that's good. I like that one. Hold on. Don't go to the next one. Where, where's the media team at? Don't, stop. Don't look, look at me. <laughs> Shh, don't look at the screens. I like that one. That's cool. 
I can live with that. Right? Okay. He's got my back. I'm good with that. But then he says, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Now, we try to get around this by never talking about him at all. (laughs) Because if I never bring him up, technically, I'm not denying him. Right? Like if I never say, if nobody ever really asked me, I'm not really denying him. I'm just not saying anything. But what if that is denial? What if denial is not just what you say with your words, but how your life is lived out? That the denial is that people don't know. The world is so messed up that it should be very easy to stand out. But instead we begin to blend in Not because we're sinning or not because we're partying or not because, but just simply because we're not saying anything. That I could just hide in my, I could just hide, you know, at my house, especially now because of COVID, right? Everybody's hiding. So like, I don't need any way to get out. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want that controversial moment. I don't want that moment of confrontation. But what we believe today, can I tell you this? It's not popular. People don't like it. They don't want to hear that they're in sin. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, that you know, that, that, that we don't stand with the LBGDG movement or whatever the rest of it is. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that abortion is evil and it's a sin and it's wrong in the eyes of God. The world doesn't want to hear that. And so what we do, instead of preaching the full truth to not offend somebody, we begin to preach half-truths. Oh yeah, Jesus loves you. He does. But what is the good news if they don't know about the sin? The world hates Jesus. It's the truth. I put it this way in another message that culture will follow Jesus as long as they think he follows their agenda. They'll, they'll use him as like this, this idea like, yeah, Jesus did this. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know him. You don't even know who, they hate him. The world hates him because he's righteous and he's holy and he's perfect and he's the light that shines in the world. And when the light shines, it exposes. John 3.20 says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. People hate the truth. And can I say this? That they probably will hate you too. We've had people leave our church because they don't agree with what we say. I love them. I love him more. People are going to hate you. And it's like, man, why did you invite this guy? This is, my gosh. He's like, I can't wait for Wednesday. (laughs) People will hate you. People will talk about you. People will confront you. People might get in your face. They might lie about you. They might post about you. God forbid it's on social media. Stand up anyway. 
stand up anyway. One day, listen, I, I, I'm getting to like the easier part of the sermon, right? This is like the, this is the rough intro, okay? I only have like, I'll be like another hour and a half and then we'll be done, okay? My 60-point sermon will be finished very soon. It, it, it's, it, the sad part is, is, is this, is that, and, and listen, when, I, when I'm preaching, like I'm dealing with this stuff too. So I'm not just saying like you, 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 like this is, I have to fight these, these things too. But it's, it, Christianity, for the most part, if you want to be a Christian, you have to have a backbone. You have to have thick skin. Not get offended by every little thing they say about you. If you can't handle offense in your own church, you think you're going to handle offense when it comes from the world? You have to have thick skin. You have to learn to, to forgive, to let it go. Because what we think is persecution now is not persecution. They're making us wear masks. Oh my gosh, this is, the devil is, is taking over the world. If you, if, you, if you think that's persecution, now it may be a start of it. I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to get into that, right? Me and Renee will talk about it later. But that's not persecution. One day, it will be physical. There's people, I mean, I, I, there's people now that are being killed for their faith, literally dying, tortured. I remember I, I heard a story that they would lock them up in cages they would, and they would put them in water. Would you stand for Christ if they were doing that to you? Because right now it's easy. Right now it's easy to stand up. But what, what happens when it, when it becomes actual persecution? This is, this is what Paul was talking about. Paul wasn't saying look at the marks as in like, hey, you know, yeah, I've been really irritated with you guys lately. And, or they've been saying mean things to me. They've, they've been kicking. No, no, no. He was beaten. He goes through this list, and I'm going to read it. In 2 Corinthians 11, 22 through 30, he says, Are there Hebrews? So am I. Are there Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons, more frequently in deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Shipwrecked a night and a day I have been in the deep in journeys, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness in, and toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fasting, often in cold and nakedness besides the other things what comes upon me daily my deep concern for all the churches who is weak and and I am not weak who is made to stumble and do not burn with indignation if I boast I will boast in the things which my which concern my infirmity look at all the stuff that he went through one day this will be our mark are you ready? 
Because if you can't stand out now, you won't stand out then. If you go hide now, you better believe you'll be hiding then. If your family does know, doesn't know the gospel now, will they know it then? So how do we stand out today? Okay, now we're going to calm down a little bit, right? How do we stand out today? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is laying this out after he goes through the Beatitudes. He goes through this teaching on the mountain. He goes, excuse Matthew chapter 5, he goes through this teaching. And then after this teaching, he goes into, you're the light of the world. So let's go through the teaching. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and he was seated. His disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the poor in spirit? The poor in spirit is those who understand their spiritual deadness. Those who understand that I'm not good enough for God. That my spirit apart from God is dead. Then he says, <clears throat> excuse me, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Mourn for what? For sin. Blessed are those who mourn because of their sin. This is what he's teaching. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Does that sound like the world today? The world doesn't want righteousness. Doesn't thirst for that. But he's saying, this is who you are. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Then he says, you are the light of the world. He's laying out this, this teaching that kind of flips the world upside down. That you thought that if somebody offended you, you got to get, you have to get payback. But he's saying, no, blessed are the merciful. We thought, well, I just got to seek everything that I want and whatever satisfies me in this moment. He's saying, no, 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 no. Blessed are those who seek after righteousness. We, we think, oh, I'm good just how I am. And, 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 and God loves me just, you know, yeah, he does love you, but, but your sin still offends him. And so we think, man, I'm, I don't need, I'm good, I'm good. Everybody's going to heaven. No, no, he says, those who, who understand their spiritual deadness, blessed are those ones. And it's this contrary teaching to the world. But these are the marks that make us stand out. Is that I can live like this. That I can forgive, that I can let it go, that I understand that I'm not, I'm not righteous on my own works, on my own account, that, that I'm merciful to somebody, that, that I'm seeking and thirsting for righteousness. It changes how people look at you and begin to look when you begin to live this way. But this is the thing is that when we begin to live like scripture teaches us to live, it's foolish to the world. 
It's foolish to the world. 1 Corinthians 2.14, and, and if we could have maybe Omar and Daisy come up and, yeah, the team will, will be done soon. First Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. When you begin to live out your, your life for the Lord, when you begin to walk in, these, in this new life, this new created life, it's okay, guys, don't get distracted. It's okay. People are going to look at you and say, why are you doing that? What is, what's wrong with you? You're giving your money? What? In this climate? In all climates. <laughs> you're, 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 you're not going to go and, and, and confront that person for what they said about you? What's wrong with you? It's foolishness to them. You, you go to church? What? You, you, you can't come out with us tonight? Why? What do you mean you're different? It's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're different. You're saved. Come on. <laughs> Let's go anyway. Why? Why are you living like this? It's foolishness to the world. You go to church and you lift your hands? That's weird. Why do you sing? Why do you shout? Why do you dance? Why do you jump? It's weird. Why don't you, why do you, why do you not agree with everything? Like, why are you so, it's always like arguing about this and why are you so different from us? It's weird. They don't understand. To them, it's restrictions and rules. To them, it's, it's religion. They wonder, how can you, you I, it's almost like, I don't really believe that you're that happy. Oh, it's just a phase. Anybody ever told you that? Oh, it's just a phase. But they don't get it. They don't, they don't understand it. And, and they wonder how you can live like this because they just don't know. They just don't know. That's why we need the marked ones of God to stand out. Because they question because they're curious. That maybe there's something about what you're telling me. Because you're not just telling me anymore, but you're actually living out what you've been speaking. Maybe there's something to that. They begin to ask questions because your life is different. And they wonder, how can you be so satisfied in Jesus? How, what do you mean he's, he's everything you need? What, what does that even mean? What are you talking about? And then we say something like this. Oh, taste and see. Oh, you, you want to know why I go to church so much? Come, come taste and see. 
you want to know you want to know about this Jesus that I've been talking about that I've been walking with come taste and see you want to know why those things don't satisfy me like they used to satisfy me come taste and see you want to know what I'm talking about when I speak of signs and miracles and wonders and the power of God come taste and see you want to know why I don't bow to fear in the world today come taste and see that the Lord is good you might think I'm crazy you might think I'm foolish you might think I lost it and I did I lost my life come taste and see that God is good come taste and see what I've got I can show you I can lead you come taste and see that the Lord is good I have lost it I lost it all and I found everything I gave it all up but I found the one thing that matters come taste and see that the Lord is good you can't invite them to a place you've never been I'm sick of introducing people to religion I'm sick of introducing people to church I want them to meet God I want them to know Jesus. I want them to, to them to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. But we need marked ones to get a backbone and stop, stop bowing down to the culture and stop bowing down to the world and just giving up when it gets too hard. But we need people that will say, I don't care what you say about me. Come taste and see. I don't care what they say about me. Come taste and see. This is freedom. I've, look, I love my life. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my church. I love my state. It's amazing. I love it all. But I've never looked more forward to heaven than I do right now. Because my life isn't here. This, what I'm doing here is an investment to my real life in eternity. I've lost it all. And I wish I would have lost it sooner. Come taste and see the Lord is good. You may think I'm foolish. You may think I've lost it. I'm going to read this last scripture and then we'll be done. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks... He may have confidence in the flesh. I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. You will only come to a place 
where you're willing to, to stand against the world, when you're willing to walk in righteousness, when you're willing to make a difference, this will only come through relationship with Christ. Because when you found him and when you encounter him, everything else is rubbish. I counted all loss that I might know Christ. And when you know him and when you walk in his spirit, you can change the world. You can change the world. I'm tired of timid Christianity. I'm tired of, of, of Sunday, Wednesday, Fridays and no encounter, no walking with Lord. So I'm going to do this, this call today. I'm going to do two and then, and then we'll be out. Maybe they have breakfast burritos back there today. I don't know. I miss the breakfast burritos. (laughs) But today you're saying, man, I want to make a stand. I want to make a stand for Christ. And I'm tired of being ashamed and timid. I'm tired of of expressing my love for the Lord only in church nights. And you're saying, man, I'm ready to just go all in and make a difference and be different. If that's you, stand to your feet. That's you, stand to your feet. I want to go all in. I want to go all in. I'm done. Now, you may not be standing because you're like, well, I don't want people to know that I'm not all in. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they, if you can't stand up in a church, do you think you'll be able to stand up in the world? I'm going to pray that those are, I'm going to ask that those are standing if you would come up to the altar. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you're not walking with him. You don't, you, you don't know him as he's not the Lord of your life. But you're saying, man, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to know what it's like to know him. I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. I want to be saved. If that's you, just simply raise your hand saying, man, I don't know Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Where's that? Right there? Who's that? Can we have somebody come pray with her, please? Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to be saved. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Omar's going to lead us in worship. We're going to pray. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.